Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. This is I Love Basketball. I'm Sabrina Merchant and I'm joined by Anthony Irwin to talk the Lakers 2020-21 season, which officially started Tuesday night against the Clippers. Anthony, are you ready to just burn it all down? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually getting excited about a, a, a podcast purely on eggnog mm, okay. in <laughs> the conversation about it. No, look, I, so on one hand, it would have been great to seal ring night with a win, especially against the Clippers mm-hmm. and had the Lakers come back from a 20 plus point deficit uh, against that team, given the way their season ended, it would have been hilarious. Uh, but still like I, the more time I spend away from that game, the further I get away from it, I actually keep feeling better about the Lakers. Like for example, it was pretty clear that the Clippers were really trying to win that game specifically. I would agree with that. Yes. They, they, their nine man rotation was a bunch of guys playing 20 ish minutes or up 25 minutes or up. And, um, the Lakers on the other hand played 11 guys, including, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker who played 11 and uh, yeah, I just, I, it looked to me like nobody on the Lakers played more than 32 minutes. LeBron was very clearly in uh, on court load management mode. AD was even in on court load management mode too. looks like he's uh, learning from LeBron and, and yet still the Lakers had plenty of chances to win and only lost by seven. And I don't know. I, I, if I were the Clippers, like at the end of that first half, I would have been asking myself if I was a Clippers fan, one, why am I a Clippers fan? Two, like, <laughs> why is it, how is it only a five point deficit right now? What is yeah. going on? Um, and, and yet, you know, they, they still come out with a win and, and kudos to Paul George, especially who played really, really well. Uh, but, but it was pretty clear that the Clippers were, were, were really interested in winning that game. The Lakers were, semi-interested in it and the Lakers still almost messed around and won. Do you you have a similar reading of it or are you more of the trade everybody (laughs) washed mode? So my uh, major takeaway isn't so much about the Lakers Clippers matchup. It's how the Lakers are approaching the regular season because you and I talked last week and the Lakers had, I think won their third preseason game by that point, you know, two of them Mm -hmm. without LeBron and AD and it seemed like even though they were in the business of managing minutes, they also were very interested in winning those games. Like there were preseason mm-hmm. games and they were going down to the wire and the Lakers were trying very hard to execute down the stretch. And you nowhere tell the Lakers, this is still preseason. Yeah, <laughs> nowhere was that more clear. I think than after we recorded that Friday game, I think against the Suns, when, you know, Horton Tucker and cook and like this mm-hmm. nice little reserve unit uh, came back against Phoenix in that second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, my instinct was just that, yeah, I get that the Lakers are trying to, you know, conserve their stars for the course of the regular season. How much conservation you need to do with Anthony Davis when he's only 27 years old is an open question, one that I still have some, you know, quibbles about. But I just didn't think that the Lakers, like the rotations, you know, their game plan, um, anything they were doing on the court for the first quarter suggested that they wanted to win this game. And that to me was more surprising than the fact that like the Clippers looked good or that there are certain matchups that I do think still worry me about, you know, a potential Clippers Lakers playoff series, but like none of that is different than what it was before. It's just, I really thought that for these 72 games, the Lakers were going to try to get a one seed, like whether that was because LeBron was leading the charge or because they had 11 guys deep who all wanted that outcome. And now I'm not so sure. Like that was my major takeaway from this opening night game. I was 
I was honestly kind of like of all of the players who surprised me with their intensity level, AD probably did. Because like of, of all of the guys on the Lakers that you could say would really go out and really pursue an MVP award this year mm-hmm. and is talented enough to also do so, <clears throat> uh, AD is the person who most comes to mind. Like LeBron, I'm, in, I'm really interested in how the Christmas Day game goes between uh, LeBron and Luka because last year when those guys – last time we saw those guys on a court together, like LeBron really took it to Luka and really made a point of – Reminding everybody, like, yeah, this guy's talented, but this is still my league kind of yeah, thing. He learns from me, like I am the guy he's copying. <laughs> right, right, and and um, I'm I'm interested to see if LeBron does that again on Friday because if he does, that might signal okay, he's really kind of pursuing this uh, this MVP award this year after everything he said about the MVP last year and everything he said about voting last year. Mm-hmm. AD though. Like you, you honestly felt like, like there was, there was a stretch of the game and part of it was because he was sitting for so long. And part of it was just because of the way that the Lakers were still approaching everything with him on the court. But I, I I had to like, remember, Oh yeah, that's right. Anthony Davis is on this team. And, and I, I didn't think I would, I would ever feel that with, with him this season, with him having the finals that he had last year and, uh, with with the statements that he's he's been making about what he has interested in on his mind this this uh, on this upcoming season, I didn't think I would ever get, or especially not in the first night on a nationally televised game after the Lakers get their their rings mm-hmm. that he would float through a game uh, in the way that he did. So it was kind of a bummer to see he was a minus sixteen on the night, and honestly, it it feels a little conservative on that on that front. Yeah, I think uh, you're spot on with that. That you know it makes sense for LeBron, you know, to take some games off to pace himself. Uh, I think you can really tell like if LeBron has it or not, if he misses a layup within the first five minutes and he he missed a couple bunnies right at the rim, you know, at the start of the game. And that was just sort of an indicator of, okay, this is not like a primo LeBron night. And that's fine because he wasn't the guy either of us expected to be making that MVP push this season. You know, it was obviously Anthony Davis and I don't put, all of the blame at Davis's feet for this, because I'm not sure that the Lakers actually optimized him, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, to be at his best during this game. And it sort of comes back to the fact that like, I didn't think the Lakers were tipping their hand too much on this Mm -hmm. opening night. And that's a perfectly valid way of going about things because this is game one of 72. This is a team that you would expect to see down the line you know, potential Western Conference finals or any postseason matchup, you know, to get to where you want to go. So, you know, conservatively speaking, you just don't want to like give away too much. Um, And I thought that a lot of the things the Lakers did, they're just not going to do, you know, um, when Mm -hmm. games actually count against the Clippers. And I hate to say that because I do believe that regular season games all count. So let's just (laughs) ignore that fact for a second. Um, Like, you know, you've got Marcus Gasol, on the court with Anthony Davis. And for some reason, Marcus Hall's in the paint on all of these offensive possessions instead of out at the top of the key, you know, directing offense and creating some space for Anthony Davis to attack the basket. And it's like, that should never happen. Like, why did we get a center whose, you know, primary offensive ability is like passing and shooting and then just stick him in the dunker spot? When when was the last time you saw Marcus Hall dunk? I, I don't remember it. <laughs> I made that exact joke on the show with Pete today. Oh yeah. That they had Marcus on the, on the, in the dunker spot. And it's like, 
I don't know if Marcus all has dunked this century, you know, and, and uh, I, I also, it's also tough because like, if you're going to have Gasol on the court, who else are you going to put in that dunker spot? Is it LeBron? That'd be interesting. I think LeBron would be fantastic in that spot. He, he would, he would, yeah. but like, is that the best way to use LeBron? Are you going to put like Schroeder there the way that Houston used Russell Westbrook with, with that point guard situation or, you can even or put whatever. Davis there, honestly. Well, but like if Davis has the ball, mm-hmm. right? Who, you know, if, if he has the ball, the, my issue was that like there were almost no high-low sets run between Gasol and Davis. Like mm-hmm. there was, it was a very stationary offense. It frankly reminded me a lot of last year's first game mm-hmm. where it was just hunt the mismatch, try to take advantage of the mismatch, hunt the mismatch, take advantage of the mismatch. And, and like, you know, you, you started the show talking about, uh, the the way that the, the approach that the Lakers had to this game and and to the regular season in general. And we learned last year that the Lakers are perfectly content sacrificing wins to get looks at things that are going to matter in the in the postseason. This might have been another one of those wins that they sacrificed, uh, maybe even knowing heading into it that like winning that game was going to be really tough against mm-hmm. a team that had an, a full extra month's rest on them that was going to be like extra hungry because they just watched big brother get their rings in front of them and and you know all of those and 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 so like i think the lakers probably looked at it and said if we win cool if we're in a position to win awesome but like it's one of 72 and it's more important for us to see what this starting five looks because if that game actually mattered, that was like the worst starting five the Lakers could have actually put together <laughs> there, right? It's the two smallest backcourt players that they have on their roster. Mm-hmm. And Mark Gasol going up against Ibaka when Gasol doesn't want to go out to the three-point line to defend. Mm-hmm. So I guess just, it was a, and so once we saw that starting lineup, we probably should have known going into it that their priorities are not, on, their focus is not on this game, but on building to something should the Lakers see the Clippers later in the season or in the postseason, and and I think that's probably going to ha- be how it goes for the rest of the year. Like this is just how the Lakers operated last year; it worked, so it's hard to it's hard to knock them for doing it again this year. It's funny you should say you know watching Big Brother get the rings because that's literally what Marcus Morris did. <laughs> <laughs> is he is 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 He's Mark the younger Keith? one? Marquise is, is he really by like yeah. like three minutes seven minutes seven minutes yes. i'm impressed that you know that that's i literally that's just looked it up while you were talking <laughs> <laughs> i had I was a feeling say, you way was, better at your job than i am i had a feeling <laughs> Marquise was the older one but i wanted to confirm it before i made you know the comments so here we are i'm, I'm surprised uh so so Marquise is the older one i'm surprised his number isn't like seven or something seven centric right hmm. being seven minutes older they like the eights think? um marcus wears eight marquee four is 88 uh it's it's their thing the uh, three eights make 24 something like that they do really like kobe they grew up in philly so yeah. he's their guy um yeah. but yeah I, what you were saying about how the lakers use the regular season to test things out and because of their talent gap over most of the league it's not 
reflected in their wins and losses because mm -hmm. even when they're just messing around, like they still LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and that's mostly good enough against. They still very easily could have yeah. won last night. <laughs> um, one of the things where I, I did notice that the Lakers were definitely trying some things out is they did a lot of the Caruso without LeBron lineups where Caruso has to do like the primary playmaker mm -hmm. role. And I am all for AC getting his reps, you know, in terms of how to run an offense. I think it's really important to his development as a player because that's obviously the next thing that he needs to work on. Um, and it, it wasn't great. Like there were a lot of AC passes that were just like, um, someone in my mentioned said it reminded him of Jared Goff, which I thought was just a horrifically mean comparison. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, so rude. Just, uh, Yeah. Un unfair to Alex Caruso, NBA champion. Caruso Alex hasn't Caruso. tanked an entire organization yet. Like, what? <laughs> that's uh, really yeah. mean. Yeah, there were some possessions where, like, you know, Caruso's trying to run a little pick and roll action and doesn't quite go according to plan. And in the long term, I think that'll be beneficial for him to have to try to do that against a defender like Patrick Beverly or, you know, the wing defenders that the Clippers also have. All good stuff. It just uh, didn't happen to work out for him yesterday. Didn't happen to work out for the Lakers. And that's totally fine because like you said, it's just one game out of 72. There's plenty of time left to go in this regular season. So I think we should take a break and then we can talk about the Lakers next game, which happens to be on Christmas day. All right. So the Lakers get a very fun schedule to start off the NBA season. They got the Clippers on opening night and then they get the Dallas Mavericks on Christmas. Uh, everybody's favorite golden boy, Luka Doncic against LeBron. Uh, do you think that the Lakers are going to win this game? No, I actually just bet 15 bucks that they are not going to win. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got Dallas at like plus 210, which means I can get double my money on mm. A team that is just as good, I think, especially like I think Dallas is very well situated to take advantage of the things that the Lakers aren't very good at defending. We definitely you know? noticed that last year. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I had to make that bet. Sorry, Lakers fans. Really quick before we move on to this <laughs> game, though, I also like the last point that I wanted to make regarding the regular season and, and the Lakers approach to it is that like we can't or at least I can't, right? Because I credited them for their approach to the regular season. Like I, I, I really, I really think it's smart the way that the Lakers use a regular season. You compare it to like the way Milwaukee uses their regular season and Milwaukee just does the same thing over and over. And, and they keep sharpening that same night over and over and over. And then when you get to the postseason and you're forced to throw another pitch or use a different knife and all they have is a spoon, like, you kind of get yourself into some trouble. And I think what we saw from the Lakers was they sharpened multiple knives over the course of the year and, and it cost them wins in the regular season. And it made them more frustrating to watch over the course of the regular season, because regular season Rondo was still getting the same postseason reps that <laughs> postseason Rondo was getting. He just sucked and it was tough to watch. And so if we're going to look back on the way that they utilized the regular season last year and credit them for it. Now that we're in the moment of watching them do this again, we can't now after like one of the results that we don't like say, well, actually, is this the smart way to go about the regular season? So it, until it fails, I, I kind of have to be consistent here and say, this is the smart way to approach it. Otherwise I'm just making things up as I go, which most people think I do, but, but, <laughs> I swear consistency matters sometimes. Yeah. And, and part of it for me is just, 
you know, the Lakers haven't been in the playoffs since 2012 or 2013, technically, but that was a team mm-hmm. that was starting Darius <laughs> Morris and Andrew Godlock in the backcourt. So yeah. I don't really consider it. So just to go from the level of basketball they were playing, you know, just two months ago in the bubble to what we're seeing now, I know there has to be a drop-off. I'm just unaccustomed to seeing it. So I want the level that they were putting out, you know, in October and it's unreasonable to expect that. Yeah. And that's probably part of my current level of dissatisfaction, but that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it'll, absolutely. It'll I mean, move we on just saw them play some incredible basketball. Yeah. So you're like, and we know that this team is capable of playing incredible basketball. So that, and then they don't, you are like, Oh, just, just do it already. Like win the game. <laughs> right. Right. It's like, I'm going to buy the PS five at some point, maybe this century. I might have to move on to the PS six at this point, but I'm going to get it. And, and given the amount of effort that it has taken to get this damn thing, Mm -hmm. by the time I actually play it, it's going to let me down because it's not going to be such a drastic change from the PS4. And, and like what we have to figure out a way to do is, is, and, and it's the most important thing probably you can do as a fan. It's the only thing you can control is your expectations. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just, it's just really hard to do with a team this talented. Absolutely. Um, and the Lakers are going up against a team that is pretty damn talented on Christmas as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kind of actually just wanted to talk about NBA on Christmas for a second, because I think the Dallas matchup is fascinating. I also think it's significantly less interesting without Porzingis in the game, um, which is not going to happen. So, you know, the Lakers pretty much play on Christmas every year. Uh, mm-hmm. I personally cannot remember the last time they didn't play on Christmas, even if it was just one of those like late night games against the Chris, the, the Clippers <laughs> when they were terrible and yeah. they just got slaughtered by like 31 points. Um, do you have any particular favorite Lakers Christmas memories? Oh, I actually wrote about this after the, uh, after the Lakers won a championship, <clears throat> it was, it was the year after the Lakers had just lost to the Celtics in the finals. So okay. it would have been Oh nine. I want to say, or Oh eight. Yeah. Christmas. Oh eight. Christmas. Oh eight. Yeah. Um, and the, the Celtics came to LA and Jen and I, so we started dating in Oh four and uh, we pissed off both of our, like it was so difficult trying to make, cause you're at that stage in the relationship where you, you have to spend time at both houses for Christmas we both basically said, screw it. <laughs> we're not even going to try. It's going to be too hard. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to piss off both families and go to this game. Just equal opportunity. I like it. Yep. Yeah. And, and it, and it worked out that way. We pissed off both families. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody was happy with us. And so we go to this game and I believe the Lakers were down either after the first quarter or at halftime. And I went to the restroom and I, like Jen and I were, were in college still. We were broke college kids. So all we could afford were um, the, the, the cheapest of the cheap seats. I was basically sitting on the roof and, <laughs> and I go to the restroom and there's a line coming out of the restroom and it's a bunch of annoyed and frustrated Lakers fans because the Lakers were losing mm-hmm. and out walks this little redhead in a, in a, big puffy Boston jacket. Right. And he's puffing out his chest and, and behind me in line is like the biggest cholo I have ever seen. <laughs> like I, he was like Mexican Debo standing right behind me. Okay. Yeah. And, and he was super nice guy and everything. But as soon as this guy walks around the corner and sees us in line, you know, he's saying, oh, see, this is why Boston does things better than the Lakers. And I'm like, 
All right. Enjoy it. He gets past me in line and this dude behind me sees him and he goes, all right, fool. (laughs) If we were at a Dodgers game and I didn't spend three paychecks worth to get here, I'd have stabbed your ass. (laughs) (laughs) And this dude, this dude in the, the Boston jacket, right? completely wilts like, oh my god just, like, like shrinks back down to, to leprechaun be fair, when one is threatened by a stabbing like <laughs> <laughs> you know uh and and so he like he you know he puts his jacket like back out and he just like runs out of the hallway and we saw him at the end of the game and uh <laughs> the lakers obviously won that mm-hmm. game and he like every he's like getting booed the whole way down the <laughs> down the little escalators that they have there. It was incredible. I it's my I'll never forget it. Everything about that thing. I wish if, I could I wish I could buy that dude in behind me in line a beer right now. If I remember Minus correctly, the, like I don't I'm not saying I would buy him a beer for violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but like just for intimidating a Boston fan, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, if I remember correctly, the Celtics started off like 21 and four or something that season they were just on fire after winning the title and i remember them being very upset that they had won the championship and they had to come to la for christmas (laughs) um, which is generally not the pattern of how these things work but Mm -hmm. uh yeah that that was a good one Um, it it made for a great setting and like that that boston team based on the way that espn still covers them (laughs) they should have been able to overcome any road situation that's the greatest team of all time according to the jump i mean they've they've never lost a playoff series with their starting lineup fully healthy <laughs> exactly uh, if i have do learned you, anything from the 2000s of nba basketball that is what i've learned um but yeah do you have any any lakers christmas memories okay so i have a couple um mm-hmm. more recently i just had a delightful time watching lakers warriors in 2018 mm-hmm. uh, when uh lebron like uh I mean, it ended up being just terrible because LeBron hurt his groin and then just tanked the whole season, but he got hurt. And then, so I was, um, I was at a family like Christmas party and we had to stop watching in the third quarter because we like sat down for like some prayers at the time. And so Mm. all of us are just like trying desperately not to check our phones and like, you know, be participating in the moment. And like, (laughs) you know, when we had, when we had like hit pause on the TV, it was like a 20 point lead. And then we come back and like, all of a sudden like LeBron's not playing and like, it's like a two point lead. And it's like, what's happening. <laughs> um, you should have prayed for LeBron's groin. I did not know that that was a thing, you know, when we well, stopped watching the game, <laughs> <laughs> because Lord knows I would have had that been an option. <laughs> like, you sounded defensible, right? Like you sounded defensive. Like <laughs> it's I all your fault, Sabrina. <laughs> like, yeah. God, if you're listening, like anybody up protect there, LeBron, everybody, you know, <laughs> just, just as a general prayer for everybody, always pray, protect LeBron. Yeah. I usually spend the holidays around a bunch of Laker haters because mm. most people around the country are Laker haters. Yeah. Uh, but this was one of the few times where I was around a group of people who are all just rabid Laker fans. And we were all just so antsy this entire time while the TV was on pause and we couldn't figure out what was happening. <laughs> and uh, it was just really fun that the Lakers happened to win. And of course we didn't know like what the end result was. So that was really good. Um, but I always think about um, 2005. So the Lakers, I'm sorry, maybe it was 2006 actually. Uh, so the Lakers had traded, you know, Shaq to Miami and the NBA kept putting Lakers heat on Christmas day. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I think it was 2005 because the first year we played them, we just got wrecked. 
because this Lakers team was not very good, um, you know, with like Brian Grant and whatever was happening. Um, yeah. And obviously Miami went on to the conference finals that year. Um, but then the next year we had drafted Andrew Bynum and mm-hmm. he was supposed to be like our next great Lakers center, yep. uh, which he, he did not turn out to be, but he he's pretty good. Um, he's a champion center. And better he, than Kendrick Perkins. Two-time champion. That's what makes him better. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he was, you know, going up against Shaq and he had uh, one possession very early in the game. He did a little spin move on Shaq and finished past him. And he was so pumped that he just immediately <laughs> got called for a technical foul. <laughs> the refs are just having none of it. This like 18 year old Andrew Bynum, like bumping his chest in front of Shaquille O'Neal, which was yeah. just at this point was like the greatest moment of my Laker fan existence. It was adorable too. Um, yeah. He was just so little. It's like um, Bambi out there talking trash. Oh my gosh. My, uh, my friends always used to say that Bynum looked like Franklin, the turtle. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you see the comparison there, but yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. So that uh, up until 2018, I would say that is my favorite Laker Christmas memory is just watching Bynum just having a, you know, a grand old time going up against Shaq. I think the Lakers actually won that year. I'm not sure. But it didn't really matter because he just he punked Shaq, and that's all any of us wanted at the time. I'm pretty sure. How did that? I might be misremembering it, and it might be it might just be a different set of plays. But I think, I think it started with Shaq getting a dunk on him, mm-hmm. and then Bynum made that spin move dunk, and Staples Center was going so insane that Shaq came down and like pushed the heck out of. Bynum or something like that. I mean, that sounds right. (laughs) And that was, but the fact that Shaq reacted that way made it so much better. If Mm -hmm. this is the the set of plays that I'm thinking of, because like, you know, Shaq still hates Dwight Howard for daring to call himself Superman. Oh my God. You know, he's the pettiest person. He's the smallest giant I have ever known. And so like, he's just, uh, he, that the, the fact that he, that Bynum dunking on him elicited that response in the first place was just beyond hilarious to me. Yeah. He, he really has a, just a very fragile ego. That guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it looks like the Lakers played the heat three Christmases in a row and never actually won any of them, but you know, at least we'll they won that, that moment though. They had that moment, you know, yeah. and it's, that's really what all you remember, you know, like I, I couldn't have told you that they lost that year. <laughs> like I didn't actually know. I, I had convinced myself that because Bynum, you know, got into Shaq said that they'd won, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. good times. Um, I, I just love basketball and Christmas. I don't know why. Um, on the one hand, it's very hard to pay attention to because you're generally wrapped up in a lot of other things. But on the other hand, it's, and it's just like the, you have a gr- big group of people around and everyone gets to enjoy. It's like uh, football and Thanksgiving, you know, it's just sort of yeah. a thing that's always there. It gives you a reason not to talk to your family for a little bit, you know, like even, even people who enjoy their company's presence and all of that, like there were still moments where you're like, I could really use something in the background for us to talk about so Mm -hmm. that it doesn't turn to politics. So it doesn't turn to mom and dad being embarrassed by the fact that you're still attempting to do podcasting for a living, (laughs) like whatever, whatever the situation might be, it's always nice to have something in the background that you can come back to and say like, Oh yeah, yeah the Cowboys suck again. It's great. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and that's a start your, that start your, that start my mom being a Cowboys fan that that didn't actually go over too well, but still <laughs> I love pointing it out. It's great. Um, is there any particular game uh, for Christmas that you're interested to see other than Lakers Dallas? 
Well, for one thing, I, I thought there was some conversation about whether or not like it was smart to put Lakers Mavs on Christmas. And like, I just, I, I find that, I found that to be a, a pretty inspired choice because like you would, you would think that of all of these matchups, the, um, or when you have the Lakers, it's, you would want, you know, like the Warriors or the Celtics or the Clippers or something like that. And, um, I, I, I just think for a league that I think has done not nearly enough to prop up their superstars, whether it's Giannis or Luca or whatever, they're, they're non big market superstars. I, I actually liked that. They basically said, no, we're going to put Luca on the stage against LeBron and, and people at home are, are going to, to, to learn more about this kid. Um, but I mean, the, the, the highlight of the day is going to be Clippers nuggets, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be so good. I wish there was a way for the Clippers to blow a three, one lead in that yeah. in some way, shape or form. But, uh, but yeah, I just, I, I, I really like the matchup on, on a, on a few levels, but the fact that the Clippers lost to somebody who looks like Nikola Jokic is hilarious to me. He's like he's like tall Victor Crumb, and he's just <laughs> he just he's just he's just like basketball savant, and he completely took it to the Clippers last year. It's great. Yeah, I love uh, playoff rematches that happen on Christmas. I mean, I don't think we got that many this year. I'm looking at the list again. Uh, yeah, that's that's the only one. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. they were trying to keep things relatively regional. I don't, I don't know if that's a thing or not, but yeah, the, the Nuggets Clippers is going to be a good time. Um, yeah. As, as great as all of the, you know, double digit leads that the Clippers blew on opening night, like, you know, oh, this is the fourth straight game that the Clippers have blown, <laughs> you know, a double digit lead. Um, this, this is the team that, you know, deserves to reap the rewards of that, right? The Nuggets are the ones who sent the Clippers into this miraculous little tailspin. So yeah, that's, unfortunately, I hate to just, pick the exact same game but that's definitely the one i'm looking forward to well, it's also like the the analysis after that series was what did the clippers do wrong how did mm-hmm. the clippers lose this clippers did this how did they f this up and and like jamal murray played out of his mind Nikola Jokic like just completely manhandled everybody on that clippers front front line and uh paul george and Kawhi leonard completely disappeared in large part because Denver just kept putting more and more pressure on them offensively and, and, Mm -hmm. and put them in, in awkward spots defensively. And I, I would really hope that Denver kind of takes it upon themselves in, in this game on Christmas to say like, no, 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 actually we won that series. We're actually here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and uh, hopefully they take that opportunity. Yeah. For whatever reason, uh, Christmas is always a good time for narratives to get set during the season, you know, for, Mm -hmm. for better or worse. I know, uh, I was particularly disheartened last year when the Lakers lost on Christmas and like, it was a a huge point of contention that, you know, Rajon Rondo was on the court at the end of the game. It's like, why is Rondo ever playing with LeBron James? Yeah. And lo and behold, them knowing how to play together proved to be somewhat valuable, I guess, you know, Uh, that was a great way of of bringing the whole conversation full circle. (laughs) I was watching some league pass earlier today. I kind of missed Dwight kind of missed JaVale, Uh Uh, you know, I, I got to say, uh, I know that the podcast yesterday talked all about the ring ceremony. When Jeannie started to say, like, you know, the players who are not here today, she got to Danny Green. I thought that was it. And then there were like five more guys. And I was like, what? When did all these guys play for the Lakers last year? 
<laughs> like, Troy Daniels, what? <laughs> <laughs> Even Troy Daniels is sitting at home. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was a fun month. <laughs> yeah, I just said Demarcus Cousins, and I was just like, God, like this is why you know they say that the Lakers do events so well is because Demarcus Cousins did not play a single second for the Lakers. And here he is, <laughs> ring ceremony. Everyone's talking about Boogie. <laughs> well, the Lakers, the Lakers do their do their ceremonies really well because they checks notes. Remember players' names. <laughs> it's a thing. It's an important thing. <laughs> it, is, it is. I'm sure if you're Troy Daniels, you felt really good about being mentioned there. And yeah. <laughs> even if you were on the Denver Nuggets team that lost to the Lakers in the conference finals, I'm sure it felt really good to be there. And it's mm -hmm. not something that I ever would have thought to do <laughs> because he did not end the year with the Lakers. Did they? I, so she mentioned, so it would have been Avery Bradley, Danny Green, DeMarcus Cousins, Troy Daniels. Whom I'm, who, who JaVale, else Dwight, Rondo. Oh, yeah. And then I was um, just, I was just thinking of like guys that, that like were on the Lakers roster but not in the at bubble. some point, but like not in the bubble or mm -hmm. didn't like help in the finals. So yeah, yeah I mean, what a wild time. Yeah. And then of course, JR and Dion waiters who were just hanging in the wilderness, <laughs> you know, maybe we'll be on an NBA team in the near future. <laughs> JR, you know, the Houston JR Rockets like are looking for shirtless. players. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although <laughs> I don't think, I think Jr. would have probably rather retired than go play for the Rockets right now. Yeah. I don't, you know, they say, if you don't have anything nice to say, you should just not say it. So I'm going to not talk about the Houston Rockets and everything that's happening there. Um, I prefer to think about Lakers Christmas, Dallas. I think it'll be fun. I look forward to LeBron, you know, exerting his dad energy over Luca, which is always just a lovely time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I hope everyone has a nice holiday, you know, after listening to this, Anthony, anything you want to share, you know, with our listeners before we head off into the break. I mean, I'll say that I think the entire situation in Houston is a complete debacle and, and James Harden is completely socially irresponsible. And I think $50,000 as a fine is like a slap on the wrist. He probably paid, he probably spent $50,000 that night at mm. that at that thing event and yeah at the event it, and like his defense was that guys it wasn't a strip club like what <laughs> <laughs> that's like lou williams saying like guys i was just getting takeout from the strip club you guys oh he's like you you guys are all missing out on the point and so long as the nba refuses to actually punish these guys for being so socially irresponsible they're gonna continue to miss the point yeah, it's pretty crazy that the Lakers were fined, what, 500K for mm -hmm. talking to Paul George's agent before he was a free agent. And yeah. the Houston Rockets have not done a damn thing to James Harden, who has potentially, what, infected seven other people on their roster. Like, I don't. <laughs> it's insane. It's, it's incredible. It's in the, it's, we, we've what, I, I don't, I think the numbers have probably come down recently, but like for a while, they were losing 3,000 people a day to this thing. 3,000. And, you know, the NBA being this quote unquote woke league or this socially responsible league and all of these things like this is part of social responsibility is the responsibility you owe to your fellow person. Mm -hmm. And if what you're going to do there is slap this dude on the wrist for going out there and knowingly and now he's like his defense is like, well, I already had it. And therefore, I, I either can't, I can't get it or get I can't sick. spread it. Yeah, anymore. it was like, that's not that's not how this works, because. You're going to have, you're going to have, you know, air particles that sit on your clothes and you could possibly transfer it from the person you talked to over there 
to this person over there. The fact that James Harden shows up to this thing in the first place is going to bring a lot more people to this event in the, like, that's why he was going was to show support for his friend, Mm -hmm. which means like support means bringing more people to this irresponsible event in the first, like, and, and it's 50 K. Yeah. And it's, and, and he, by, by the way, he's doing this on purpose to get traded out of Houston. Like if that isn't conduct detrimental to the league, I don't know what is. Yeah, I, I legitimately don't know what it's, is. It's a dereliction of duty by the NBA. It just doesn't speak well for the Rockets organization at all that they're willing to tolerate this. And it's just unfair to his teammates that they have to be a part of this. Like, Silas is on his first coaching job. His 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 like coaching debut, something he's been thinking about probably his whole life, given mm-hmm. who his dad was. He, he's not going to be like it had to be postponed. <laughs> like, think about I think it, it should have been forfeited, but um, I, I agree. There has to be like, some like responsibility that Harden yeah. and the Rockets have to bear for this, and they really have not yet. And it's very, very frustrating because you know there was a time when it looked like the NBA was taking a lead on how to handle matters related to this virus, and now they've just given up. Yeah. And like it's, it's just this it stupid microcosm of everything else going on. But uh, I couldn't help myself. Sorry, I know you said that you weren't going to say okay. anything because you didn't have any. It's quite okay. Like, somebody has to call the league out on this stuff. It's like kind of sort right. of. Everybody like, you know, obviously, ideally, it'd be bigger national voices that go out there and say the NBA is really dropping the ball on this one. Mm -hmm. But that's not that's not how big access journalism works in 2020. Unfortunately, you're absolutely right. Um, It's it's just a stain on the whole league and it's going to cost people their health and it's not okay. Mm -hmm. And it's really a shame that we've gotten two days into this NBA season and there's already been a a COVID postponement, which is just (laughs) Yep. It's scary. It's really scary. So I hope that, you know, the, the Lakers and Mavericks take care of their business and they are able to, you know, do their jobs and play a game of basketball and have a lovely Christmas. And I hope that the rest of our listeners do too, because, um, mm-hmm. you know, please be safe out there, everybody, please. Not everybody like... has to partake in the same events <sighs> as James Harden. <laughs> please stay away from strip clubs on Christmas. I, I, that's a pretty low bar to set, but that's just, where I'm setting the please bar. Please stay away from strip clubs on Christmas. You heard it here <laughs> first, I think. I think no one else is saying it. So yeah. on that note, thank you all for listening to I Love Basketball. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll podcast. Um, we'll have shows most days of the week, I would say, during the holiday season, but just keep checking your feed and take care. Yeah, 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 yeah,